Welcome to Sisterhood Rising. We are your hosts, Cheyenne and Sav, and we welcome you into our circle where we share our real and raw experiences with all things womanhood. We believe healing happens when women gather, sharing and supporting each other through all of life's moments. Here, we will share everything from the mundane to the magical. So let's dive in, sister. All right. Ready for this? Always ready. Hello and welcome back to the Sisterhood Rising podcast. We are your hosts, Cheyenne and Sav. And this month marks the one year of the COVID-19 pandemic pandemonium and lockdown. (laughs) WWE. (laughs) which means it's been one whole year of being told you're not allowed to leave your house. You're not allowed to see your family, that your male has the possibility to kill you. And today we, (laughs) and today we are going to talk about it all. And I feel like I have a lot to say. I'm pretty excited. I watched RuPaul this morning, so I'm feeling very sassy, very hype. (laughs) And um, so let's just like get into it. So, Sap, how has um, this experience been for you so far? Because you had just moved with a newborn uh-huh. right before pandemic had started. So, <laughs> ten out of ten, don't recommend. Is, uh, <laughs> I don't like. I don't know. Like, I I feel like I still haven't fully digested all of it quite yet like I the pandemic has been both good and bad like obviously there's a lot of stress a lot of change um for me but specifically for like my husband and my kids like my husband's been literally home since last March like he has not gone back to work well he's working from home um and like We also chose to homeschool, so that was a big change for my son, who's a very, like, social person. Um, It was just, like, there was so much that changed, which caused a lot of, you know, stress and the anxieties of of switching everyone's schedules and and trying to, like, cohabitate without ripping each other's heads off all the time. (laughs) Like, there was a lot of growing and a lot of, like, communication stuff that we had to, like, go through. But I feel... And this might be like, I don't know, an unpopular opinion. I feel (laughs) like it's actually been like a good thing. Um, I feel like we've all really learned a lot. I feel like there's been a lot of opening up to one another. And there's been a lot of good like life changes during this time. Um, So I'm not entirely upset about the fact that we've all had to like stay home and, you know, it's been so different. Obviously, like I'm itching to get back to normal things and being able to like go places and visit people. Um, But it hasn't been all bad. So I don't know. I have mixed reviews. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I echo that sentiment because I was trying to like, I was thinking back on all of the things that have happened and I feel like I just can't fully grasp yet or like understand the magnitude and like I understand that I have been extremely blessed throughout this entire time like we haven't 
been struggling financially. Like Eric still has a job. Like nobody in my bubble has gotten sick that I know of. Like we've just been relatively lucky throughout it all. And when the pandemic first started, I had just had Lincoln. And so it kind of coincided with what I needed personally, because I was just able to shut within with my, with my baby and my husband and Eric even got extra time off work because his store closed and like, it just, it, it worked with what we needed at that time. Um, but as it's gone on, it's definitely gotten progressively harder because I thought, here's the thing. I thought that when I had a baby, I would be really like high me and like, um, high me, is that even a word? But I would be really like, (laughs) I thought I would be more protective and like not wanting to share him with people. And it was kind of the opposite effect. Like I just, I wanted to present this beautiful thing that I had created and been able to share it with people. And I wasn't able to do that. And I know for them, it was really hard as well. Like Lincoln is the first uh, grandchild for Eric's parents. And it's, I know it's been really hard for them and like just keeping him away from you guys, even like, it's just, it's been so hard to go through one of the happiest phases of my life. And at the same time, not be able to share that and, and experience that with the people that I love. Um, and like, as he's getting older, it's getting harder because you're worrying about like his socialization and like just his experience of getting outside. And like, there's just so many things that are going to start coming into effect that I'm going to be more concerned about because I, I don't feel like this is going away anytime soon. Um, yeah, so like it's been good, but it's getting progressively harder. Yeah, I'd agree with that. There's definitely a lot of like little things that come up that you think about, like the the downtime mm-hmm. and like the slowing down is nice. But I think that as a whole, there's going to be a lot of like residual issues um, that come out of, you know, lockdown, pandemic, the mm-hmm. whole, like all of the restrictions. And like, I, I think that there's, it, this is a conversation that I had with Chris the other night. It's like, I don't know if like politicians have even like thought about the you know residual like mental health issues that people are having right now like I know it's been really hard with like my mental health and um you know my husband who doesn't regularly struggle with mental health has been like struggling in this pandemic and it's just been extra Mm -hmm. stress and everything for everyone and like even so side story um so we were homeschooling and we had finished um our curriculum basically. Cause like with homeschooling, you kind of get to adjust what you're doing and you know, the curriculum that we were following, we basically got to do a little bit every day. So we were actually done the full curriculum by like Christmas break. Um, so he like Theo had just been kind of home and just hanging out with us and whatever, um, which is fine. Um, but like Chris and I both work and like, you know, the little, like Archie is two, you know, it's not exactly, a uh, age where playing is like fair all the time and like he doesn't always get along with Theo um and then we 
had like a night where Theo just kind of like broke down and like he's five and he had like a full breakdown and he was like really upset that he can't go see his friends and he can't, you know, say hi to people when he's out and he's just that social kid and he just needs that interaction and he doesn't understand why he can't do it. And he was just crying about how he wanted things to go back to normal and da da da. And, you know, as a parent having to not only watch that and watch him crying and watch that breakdown, but then to have to explain to him that like, we want those things for him too. Like we're not trying to take him away from his friends. We're not trying to take him away from school because he loves it. Like we're just trying to keep everybody safe, you know? And then part of, part of the decision-making that went into keeping him home was that we did have a newborn who hadn't been exposed to anything, hadn't been exposed to other people. And we're like, God forbid he gets sick. Like, we don't even know how he reacts to getting sick because we've been home. Like, we literally, you know, and there was just so many other things. And it was like, okay. And we told him that he can go back to school for like the end half of the year. It's only three months left, whatever. Like, he can just go play with his friends because I wasn't going to start him on like a new grade one curriculum and like, you know, advance him because I didn't want that for him either. Um, Cause we've always had the intention on sending him back. Um, but now that he's in school, there's a whole sense of like, honestly, it's a little bit of like fear mongering, to be honest. Like he comes home and says these things and I'm like, where on earth did you hear that from? Like, you know, he can't touch things when we go out because he's scared of the virus and like he can't go near other people because he's scared of the virus which is like a really sudden onset because he's literally only been in school for like two weeks like I don't know maybe he's like internalized what they've been saying like I'm sure the intention wasn't to make them scared but like there's a massive sense of fear-mongering and like that can be seen through like even adults you know mm-hmm. when they're interacting with each other in public now like I've been to a you know Walmart or whatever for groceries and I'm seeing people interact with each other and it's just like it's off like it's different it's mm-hmm. it's scared everybody's scared <laughs> and I think that that's the part that like is the struggle and that maybe we haven't as a society like thought about further is the, the residual effects for like mental health and like people kind of, you know, if we do get back to normal in air quotes, like what's that going to look like for people now that they have this kind of like mini trauma. Trauma. Yeah. Yeah. It, It really is like, it's, it's a world, it's a collective trauma that we're all experiencing. And, um, my my favorite astrologist uh, coined it really well. She was talking about how, like, the first few months, that first year, we were all just in such like a survival yeah. basis. Like it was it was very much like live or die because we were getting fed such a narrative, um, and so it was like just pure like root survival mode. And now that things aren't as dire, I mean, it's still bad in some places. And for some people, it's definitely worse, but we're not as much in that survival mode, but we're still in like an extended psychological turmoil and terror. And like the effect that that extended psychological effect, like that's, that's where we're going to have to step up really because it's going to be like i've i've heard it phrased before that this is world war three and like it's a psychological social 
media-based war basically like yeah and I think that that's a war that like we as a society are not prepared for because we've been so like just mummified by media and everything that like people don't put a lot of I don't know like protection towards like their mental state and things like that and then it's like all of a sudden there's a huge influx of information and a huge influx of like maybe some panic and things like that and you can just be so easily like thrown off you know like people were just very stuck I feel in what their normal was and in what their routine was and then all of a sudden they're like oh shit I have to protect myself and I don't know how to do that you and know. people get mean when they're when they're scared because yeah. when you're living from a place of fear it's very self-centered and like the idea of you know neighbor turning on neighbor and like it's just <sighs> it's yeah there it was cre- it creates a society where we're just afraid of people and we're mean to people and we're not willing to help each other yeah there was huge huge drama in um like my area, because uh, the newspaper was like, snitch on your neighbors. Like, here's the phone number. If you see your neighbors leaving the house or people coming into their house, like snitch on them. And there was this huge drama because like, I guess a mom had, uh, she's a single mom and needed like daycare or something. So dropped her kids off to the grandparents' house. And the neighbors knew that the grandparents are obviously not certified daycare providers. And the mom got like a massive ticket for just like, trying to get daycare for her kids I oh yeah it's been drama because they're literally like they were pitting us against each other in the newspaper it was insane yeah yeah definitely um but I feel like there's so much like as I kind of I don't know if this is bad but I kind of get excited at the prospect of change and like right now like the pandemic has been a vehicle for so much and like there's just so much social change that an upheaval and like things that are coming to the light basically like if you I mean essentially we're all stuck at home we have nothing to do but be on the internet and there's people are finding their voice basically while they're stuck at home on the internet. And I, I was trying to, I was trying to make up a list of all of the things that have kind of come to light through like during the pandemic. And like, it has touched every single faucet of our society. Like We've seen anti-Black racism. We've seen anti-Semitism, the economy, healthcare, the environment, domestic abuse, like working moms, education, freedom of speech, like the politics and the government and all of that shit. The like aliens, secret <laughs> societies, like the the LGBTQ plus, like mental health and addiction, domestic terrorism, like the voting system, like just absolutely every single faucet of our culture has been touched and brought to light during the pandemic and right now we're in the thick of it of like the uh, the upheaval basically and the unveiling of all the things that we've just allowed that we've built our culture on and 
turned back to. And now we're realizing we can't go on like this. It's not going to support all of the people in our world. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited at the prospect of what, I mean, I'm scared at the prospect of what is to come because <laughs> I don't think we're done with the unveiling. Yeah. But when you think about where we might, like I have hope for the for where we might go from this. I think that either way, it will be positive. Like, yes, it might be scary in the change, but like the outcome will be positive because I don't think that there's really any, any negative ever that comes from truth. Like, you know, yes, unveiling yeah. truth will always be the right thing to do. So like, as we do that as a society and as we do that in our personal lives, like it'll just, it'll all work out. It's just chaos until it gets there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's, I think it's just such a volatile, powerful time right now. Like if you look at, there's just so many social movements and like the astrology backs it up. And like, there's just, this is a time of magnitude. This is like, yeah. And if you are not taking it as a time of growth, internal reflection, like going through inventory of your life, like you need to be, this is the right time to be doing it. Yeah. On, on a personal scale and on a collective Mm -hmm. scale, like it's just definitely like, I've talked about this before. Like this has been such a big year for me personally, because I've never spent this much time with myself. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, just like literally no, like, I I mean, I have a baby that I'm trying to keep alive, but like no larger distractions other than like my mental well-being, my, like my thoughts and my values and the way that I'm choosing to live my life and all of that. And, um, Yeah, it's just, there's, it's big. (laughs) And I feel like too, like what a beautiful time for relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, well, it's, it's not (laughs) beautiful for some people, but, but for people who like, I don't know, I feel like it's also just kind of pressure cooked relationships, which can be totally stressful. But at the same time, there's so much growth to be had there that it's just like, I don't know, like you, you'll just come out on top, honestly, if you like work through all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go back for a second and talk more about the astrological influences um, that have been happening around all of this in the past year and currently. <laughs> yes. So um, my information comes from the astrologer uh, Jessica Lanyadu, and I think she's just incredible. So if you're interested, check her out. She does some really good like year in review type stuff. Year ahead, anyway. Um, basically, like the astrology of the last two years and like going forward supports all of the unveiling and the turmoil that we've been experiencing. Um, I mean, this might not make sense to some people, the details, but you'll get the greater picture. Like, so we, there's two planets, um, Saturn and Jupiter and Saturn is the one Saturn is the planet that focuses on like structures, whether that be like government, societal, cultural, etc., And like, conforming and restricting and that planet 
so the planets move around and go through each zodiac sign. And in 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic, Saturn went into Aquarius. And that takes a 30-year cycle to get. So it goes into Aquarius, takes 30 years to go all the way back into Aquarius. The last time that Saturn was in Aquarius, there's a pattern here. The last three times was in 1932 to 1935. That was during the Great Depression and the beginning of banking regulations. The next time was 1962 to 1964, which was the civil rights era when the Voting Act came into play, the time of Martin Luther King, and was also when Nelson Mandela was sentenced to life in prison. The next 30-year cycle was 1991 to 1993, which was when um, Rodney King was beaten to death by police, and that was caught on video. It was when Mandela was then awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, and it was when the internet was coming into existence. Um, And now we are here in this next 30-year cycle, and you can see the same issues in each of those cycles. So civil rights, the internet, the economy, like you can see the cycle of all of those things playing out in each 30 year cycle. And so you really can't discount the fact that the astrology is reflecting what's happening in our society. And then for 2021, the big kind of overarching theme in astrology is the same planet, Saturn, which is involved with like conformity, structures, restriction, is square, which means there's going to be opposition or like kind of a back and forth pull. Um, It is square to Uranus, which is about freedom and expression. And so those two planets, we've got conformity and freedom basically opposing each other for the entirety of 2021, which means that like all of this unrest and instability and our, all of our values being challenged basically is going to be a common theme throughout the entirety of this year and into the next several years basically <laughs> so we have like multiple years of growth yeah. to come oh god yeah. <laughs> yeah the um basically i've heard up until like 2024 basically is we're going to be feeling the effects of all of the things that we've talked about so far yeah well i mean I'm not going to say that that makes me feel better about all of this because <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> but we can have hope the have hope that all of the things coming to light will have a positive influence and not like a positive change in the long, long run. <laughs> I think that my hope is deeply rooted in the fact that this time is also 
a time of personal change. And I'm really hoping that people are doing that personal change and that we as a collective are going to be stronger so that when the outside influences, you know, happen or something affects all of us, we come to it with a different mindset. Like, I think I'm relying, I'm relying on that, like, social awakening aspect to, like, kick in. (laughs) Yeah, the, so... I mean, there really is a social awakening happening right now. And I feel, I mean, maybe you've heard possibly the term awakening, that you've come across that um, in your discoveries of the internet, Um, because it's a trendy topic right now. Because spiritually, a lot of people are going through what has been coined an awakening. Do you want to like Um, explain what an awakening is in general? Like what that might mean spiritually? Yes. So an awakening is a moment or like a series of moments where you start to recognize that you are a spiritual being and that you have a power within you that's connected to something bigger. And once you kind of have, it's kind of like an aha moment where you're like, damn, like you start to understand the purpose of humanity basically. And that we are all interconnected And it kind of starts this process of diving inwards and trying to align yourself with a purpose that better suits you and better suits the collective. Like everything you do has a greater capacity to impact the world. And I mean, there's varying degrees of like, in quotations, woo-woo, that we could (laughs) apply (laughs) to this. It could get very, um, what's the word? (laughs) Woo-woo-y. Woo-woo-y. Yes. But in general, in general, in summary, that's kind of what we're chatting about when we're talking about awakening. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of self-realization and, like, perspective changing and, yeah, all that jazz. Yeah, and for a lot of people, it'll kind of, like, follow, like, a dark night of the soul type of thing where, like, you go through, like, I don't know, like, a breakup or, like, a physical illness or something that breaks you down or like brings you into a place where you're able to like kind of like hit that rock bottom before you start to like come alive again. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that the pandemic and the whole shutdown of everything um, really allowed that trigger to happen because people did hit a lot of like really big lows at the beginning of last year when everything was like shutting down and um, mm-hmm. yeah. So within the, some spiritual communities, there's this idea that there's like a feminine aspect and a masculine aspect 
And part of like, think of those not in terms of like sex organs, but more of like an archetypal energy that um, just embodies the, the contrast of each side. In different cultures, it's expressed as different things. So like it's masculine and feminine, but it's also like in traditional Chinese medicine, it's considered the yin and the yang or like the bee energy and the dew energy, the sun and the moon, the earth and the sky. Like it's that contrast in polarities and energy basically. And it translates into what we've been experiencing in our culture. So like we've been in a very like repressed female society. And I mean, like, that's not spiritual. That's just plain cultural facts. Like the, the (laughs) women in general and like the female feminine softer side of men, we've talked about this before has also been like twisted and repressed and like abused to support a certain elite few and we've seen in the last few years and like the me too movement is a prime example of this of like a feminine awakening where women are starting to come into or like not just women but like men also embodying that feminine aspect and not being ashamed or afraid of accessing that feminine side of themselves you see this feminine awakening happening where, um, oh, there's just okay. My brain's so going to, to unpack. My brain is going too fast. <laughs> um, where was I? So we're starting to embody and respect the the feminine energy, which also. I mean, translates culturally, if you look at our developing concern with environmental issues, like there's the construct of like Mother Earth, right? And only recently have we really started to like be concerned about our environmental status and like the the toll that we're taking on on our earth. And so like you see this trend of, or like this movement of feminine awakening for, for lack of a better term. Um, and we're only, I mean, just maybe now on the brink of like a masculine awakening as well. Um, So yeah, it's basically just unlocking the different parts of your soul and the polarities and energy within that soul being. Ooh, I wrapped it up. All right. (laughs) She she do be deep. Took you you on a journey there, folks. (laughs) I don't know about you, but my brain hurts. Y'all woke up to a history lesson today. this is what's going on um yeah i think it's it's about like finding the balance between the two energies right and like you know everybody is more of one than the other and right now we're kind of seeing it surface that they're like trying to 
at a soul level, like balance that out, basically. Mm -hmm. So tell me about um, your own personal experience with like awakening and how that's kind of come about for you. So I, <laughs> last, yesterday, I decided to, I found a bunch of my old journals and <laughs> I decided to read them. And oh, it was God. actually, I mean, it was so interesting because I decided to make, this is, you guys, this is, oh, I'm sorry. This is the type of person that I am. I made an, I made a timeline of like oh, no. the <laughs> things that I was experiencing <laughs> <laughs> the things that I was experiencing in all of my journals. And it's so interesting to me now that I understand the concept of awakening to like see it actually play out. <laughs> that's that's the level of, of nerd that I am here today, folks. So <laughs> if we're talking about awakenings, my story, I would say, starts in like the fall of 2015. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> ah, the episode um, that turned into five episodes. <laughs> ah, so funny! Oh, I just love myself. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just oh, okay. I'm going to sound so obnoxiously nerdy right now, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Okay. Um, July 13th of 2015 was my 21st birthday. <laughs> and it was, it was um, basically like that fall. I was going into my fourth year of university and right before the um, term started, I actually decided to drop out and move home um, because I was, this is the start of what I would term my dark night of the soul, except it was more like dark years of the soul. <laughs> and I was just in like a really like mentally unclear state like I was really I guess I don't know trying to find myself and trying to there was just a lot going on like in my personal life and so yeah basically fall of 2015 that's where it all started for me I moved home decided to pursue my schooling at home and that's where I went into uh getting getting my massage therapy diploma so like 2017 was kind of like the start of me doing more self-exploration. Um, that's when I started doing, like started a yoga practice. I started getting interested in like crystals and astrology and just like a, a metaphysical spirituality basically. Um, and this was a time that I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and a lot of the trying to heal some of the traumas that I had experienced. And so learning how to 
embody self-love, self-forgiveness, the removal of some really big energy blocks for me. Um, and then, so that was like 2017, which was like the start. And then in, this is so funny in 2018, I wrote about like the death and rebirth of something within me. And I can pinpoint specifically what day it was. Um, and it really was kind of like a, an aha moment where it was just like the, like I had, I started to see so many synchronicities in my life and it just started, it was like so many connections were being made and things were clicking. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it, my brain was literally exploding. And since then it's been like a slow progression, but in this last like year and a half, it's like the magnitude of growth that I feel like I've experienced is just overwhelming. So like just in like, it, it's starting to pick up speed so what are like some of the things that uh, in your life you think that like what are some of the things that have been like changing in your life or like what perspectives have kind of like really snapped into place for you or, um, you know, what are some of the truths that you've uncovered? Like what does uh, in summary, in, in very brief summary, <laughs> like what does that awakening look like for you day to day like now? For me, it's been like uncovering my beliefs about religion and spirituality and like the purpose of life and what happens after we die and like just some of the the finer minute details to like human existence. Um, but also like uncovering and developing my spiritual gifts and spiritual power is, has been a big part of it. Um, and just clarifying my, my view of myself and like who I am, how the things that I've experienced have shaped me and allowing myself to learn those lessons and like trying to learn from those lessons. I hope this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what about for you? How has this growth and awakening presented for you? Um, I don't know. I want to say that it was unexpected. But if I reflect thoroughly it was coming. Like, like, I agree with you. Like, I, I mean, I'm not a journal keeper like you are. But like, I feel like if I had, you know, that kind of history, and I looked back, I'd be like, okay, like, this isn't unexpected. But I want to say it is. Um, because I feel like I just I clicked into it in the last like year and a half, two years kind of thing. Like I've been saying, you know, like I've been going through a lot of self stuff. Like that's what I'm talking about when I say that is like, I feel like I've really been stepping into my awakening in that time. But it's like up until then, all this stuff was happening and I just felt like I was, I don't know, 
like this victim to my life. I was like, I don't know why any of this is happening. I don't know why I feel the way that I feel. I don't know. Like, I I just didn't know. Like, but if I look back, I feel like around the same time, probably like after having my oldest, so like 2015 as well, and like all the way through until like, I don't know, 2019, like was like all my dark time. I was just like so lonely and sad and depressed all the time. And it was really hard. Like everything was hard. And it was like exaggeratedly hard. Like it it shouldn't have been like the day-to-day things, like it shouldn't have been as hard as it was, but I felt like there was so much more like underneath that I was ignoring and like, you know, things that I wasn't tuning into with myself that was going on that I just kept ignoring because I was like, I don't like, I was just trying to do the day to day, you know, like I wasn't focused on it. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, being in that postpartum state, but then also hitting like a pandemic also (laughs) side note, (laughs) I love it when people call the pandemic other things like a panorama, (laughs) like a panda bear, like freaking love it. Anyways. Um, I've started to use it with the kids. So I almost said, you know, when the panda, when the panda started, <laughs> Anyways, um, when I was in that state, I just felt like I, I all of a sudden had a lot of time to be with myself and to be really quiet with myself. And like Chris was home and, you know, not working for a little bit um, because we had just had the baby, et cetera. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> there's like it was like it was like my body and my soul had like stacked up this whole like file folder of things that I hadn't dealt with and then I was finally like pushed into the chair and I was like okay you open your first folder and let's deal with this and then we're gonna (laughs) open the second folder and then I feel like that's kind of what happened at the beginning of the pandemic like and then it's been quick that's the other thing that I noticed was like as soon as I clicked into the fact that it was happening I felt like it's accelerated very quickly quickly um just my understanding of things and and my you know like nuggets of information that basically helped me understand life better things like that the gradual mind shift like wasn't so gradual it was like literally like instantaneous I was like whoa I don't feel that way I feel this way and I feel very strong in that and um you know the draw to being quieter with myself and like taking time for myself um the draw to using my voice, like all of that just came very quickly. And I feel like I can pinpoint it to the exact time when I asked you for a book recommendation and you were like, yes, here are all the books that you should read. (laughs) And I literally, like, I kid you not, you sent me those things and I ordered it within like the hour. I also signed up for prime because I needed it ASAP. Like, and then that was it. Like ever since then, I just feel like it's, yeah it's unraveled very quickly for me. Um, but like day to day, I feel the same things that you do. Like, it's just, it's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it like that. <laughs> Mine is not articulate and like well-tracked, but like, it's just been really quick and it's been, it's been nice. It's been like a coming home almost, to be honest. Like I feel very comfortable in myself and with what I'm doing for like the first time in my entire life. Um, And things, you know, things are still happening. There's still like negative things that happen or like struggles in my life, but my perspective and how I deal with it has completely 
changed and it doesn't affect me to the extent that it would have mm-hmm. you know, previously. And I just feel very um, more in tune with myself and I feel a very huge push to um, take care of myself, which is something that I've never really done or been wanting to do. So yeah, all of that kind of came with my own personal awakening. And I think that my awakening also triggered, you know, some of maybe like my husband's awakening and like his process and his, you know, his thinking throughout all of this, like him watching me experience things has like really unlocked a lot of things for him, for our relationship, for our family. Like it's just been a lot of change in a lot of different places <laughs> very quickly. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point is like the, what's the word? What's the word? Domino, <laughs> the domino effect. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. the do- Sure. The domino effect. Like I was, I can, like when I was getting my, when I was doing my massage therapy training, there was one woman who was in one of my classes and like we kind of became friends and she was, I would say farther ahead in her journey of awakening. And I think that she was like her energy had an influence on me that kind of like broke through and helped me also progress and like be sending you those books that might've been like a moment for you. And now that you're doing it, like your energy is affecting Chris and like, I can see my energy affecting Eric and like our, our collective energy. Like I see it influencing my mom and like just other people in our circle Mm -hmm. and like more and more people are experiencing this like quote awakening and like as more people experience it, it starts getting faster and faster and faster. And like, there's just this whole cultural spiritual shift into like a really beautiful understanding of yourself and like trying to do self growth and it's coming at a really good time because we're in the pandemic and we have nothing else better to do. And like, we're, you know, it all, it all just, coincides because it's really divine timing like it it 3000 percent. like i couldn't agree more Mm -hmm. this like okay this idea and this movement of awakening is also kind of feeding this desire for people to live a simpler life and because once you've had once you have that moment of awakening you kind of understand the mess of and all of the extra noise that there is in the world that's not necessary and when you're uncovering the layers of yourself you're kind of connecting back to like an ancient wisdom and like an ancient connection to to life and to the earth and I think there's even people who aren't aware of all of this, like you see it with people like homesteading is such a big cultural trend right now. And like 
baking bread. Everybody's in the pandemic breaking like baking bread. And <laughs> like there's Holla, just, it's me. <laughs> and like it's it's partly because we're concerned about our survival and like access to basic needs, but it's also part of like this spiritual shift. And so both things are kind of feeding this idea of reverting because it's nothing new. Like these aren't new discoveries or new ways of living. Like we're reverting into simpler, easier, more connected ways of living. Yeah. Um, And I think that people are rejecting a little bit this idea of like new normal um, because (laughs) it's just, they like, I don't even know how to say that. People. Well, you hear new normal as like that we have to get used to the restrictions of the pandemic. Exactly. That we have to like get used to this idea that we don't have freedom of speech or freedom of expression or freedom to go to the grocery store. Like there's just this idea like the the negative aspects of the pandemic are being referred to as something that we have to get used to like but we don't have to get used to it like there's another option yeah and i think that that's what people are realizing was that like we don't need to get used to being busy but with all these restrictions we can just be not busy um and people are starting to see that especially with like the whole staying home bit like you know people are wanting to you know work from home or find ways to do that because it's been such a positive shift in like slowing down and everything and you know usually life is more fast paced and just chaos all the time and it's like we don't have to do that you know and people are realizing that and then they're like okay but i don't want this idea of new normal i don't want all these restrictions i don't want to do that because i don't need to do that um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where the pushback is. And and that's kind of where a lot of people are headed, in my opinion, at least. Being more uh, open to slowing down. <laughs> I would agree with that. Um, and because we have so much to say <laughs> in regards to our new normal and our new old normal, um, I think we're going to have to uh, to cap it here and come back with a part two next week. Yeah, maybe we'll put up a Q&A on Instagram and, and see if you guys have any more thoughts on this topic um, that you want us to address in the next episode. But we'll kind of in the next episode go into more. Yeah, all, all about new normal, what that looks like, like what living in sync looks like um, and all the things. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for listening. And until next week, remember that we love love you. you.